Need your Minnesota United soccer fix? We've got it for you here. It's Loon Talk on Score North. Welcome in, Loons fans, to another week of Loon Talk. Jonathan Harrison here alongside, once again, Dan Terhard. Dan, how are you doing today, sir? Hello, excellent. How's everybody doing? It's be another exciting week for uh, Minnesota soccer fans coming up. Yeah, it's officially MLS Cup playoff week. I am excited. A plethora of playoff matches in the first round coming up. We'll get to those in a little while. We've also got, coming up later on in the show, we, we'll start off with uh, Dosa Cero. As the U.S. Yeah, get a huge win over Mexico that. on Friday. They'll be huge win. Tomorrow. Massive win. We'll get to that in a little bit here. Okay. We'll move on to previewing the Portland match coming up this Sunday for your loons in the first round of the MLS Cup playoffs. Then we'll take a look across the league, mainly looking at the awards finalists. And I know this is going to be a shocker to many loons fans. No loons involved in that, <laughs> surprisingly enough. And then we'll get to write that down to close out the show. So... Yeah. Heavy on the sarcasm today, as you can see, as you can mm-hmm. already hear. So let's jump right into it. Dosacero, as one Jonathan Harrison called it last week, and write that down. We'll get to that in a little bit. The most common scoreline in the series between the U.S. men's national team and the Mexico national team, 2-0 in favor of the U.S. Dan, what a win it was on Friday night. I was pumped, uh, just as every other U.S. men's <laughs> national team fan was as pumped as I was, I bet. Well, this is what... You've kind of been waiting for. Um, You take this qualifying and then the previous qualifying where they were terrible. This is as good as they've been, right? I mean, has there have (laughs) they? There's been a better uh, win in qualifying in wins the last. It's been years since they qualified for Brazil. It's been that long. That yeah, that's how far back you'd have to go. So um, I think we kind of saw this coming in the last year, and this was kind of the win that kind of put the exclamation point on it that you know we're back we aren't gonna you know fall short this time and and we're gonna be someone to contend with which is what you know all U.S. soccer fans have been hoping for so yeah yeah, this was a pretty exciting one you could tell that they were fired up um just obviously because it's your biggest rival in the region it's the Mm -hmm. team that had been sitting at the top of the standings throughout world cup qualifying so far you wanted to topple them and you knew that the scoreline that is most common to fans and most common to this this <laughs> series would get you to the top of the group. Nothing nothing more needed to get above that, and that's the scoreline they got. But then you see Christian Pulisic, when he scores the goal after he comes on as a substitute, substitute in the in the second half, he pulls up his shirt. The, the shirt underneath says, Man in the Mirror, not a Michael Jackson lyric this time. It's a reference to Guillermo Ochoa, the Mexico goalkeeper, who said prior wow. to the game in the buildup, that the U.S. men's na- or that the Mex- Mexico is the team that the U.S. look in look in the mirror and see that they want to be every time, and so <laughs> this team clearly fired up and wanting to show Mexico that after beating them twice this year already in finals, that yeah we don't look at you anymore as the team we want to be. We look at you as the team that we beat every single time we play you now, and that's exactly what they did. The first half it was about a fifty-fifty match. Uh, May, might be leaning towards Mexico in that one, but Maybe, Mexico yeah. really never, never really threatened in the first half. But then the second half, it was completely dominated by the U.S. Uh, once again, Greg Berhalter coming out with some adjustments to just completely dominate the match. And man, the U.S. looked dominant in that second half as they score two goals unanswered and just completely take control of that game. And it looks like they've taken control of World Cup qualifying 
at the halfway point. Yeah, I would I would say so. And and going into the second half of qualifying with momentum, but the second half was as good as they're going to play. I mean, I can't imagine them playing much better. But don't you love rivalries? Don't oh, you love when 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 there is yeah, there's there's hatred. There's you know, and there there's going to be some chippiness. But yet there's a there's a respect there, and there's the uh, playful nature. You know, you know, put the goalie up on the shirt with the man in the mirror and. Uh, that stuff is what will bring the uh, soccer world and the World Cup, providing USA is in it, and it's, it's looking better all the time. Yeah. That's what will bring it into everybody's living room. That's what will get people excited, you know. Absolutely. Um, and I think every time we saw what the women's team did and their success for soccer, not just women's soccer, but soccer in general in mm-hmm. the U.S., it got people to watch soccer that haven't watched it or normally don't watch it. And imagine the impact the men could have getting to the World Cup and having any kind of success there. Um, it'll be a game changer for soccer in this country, and that's exciting. Absolutely. I mean, the, as we know in this country, the fans of sports tend to like the best that they can find, hence why yeah. uh, Liga MX and the Premier League are the two most watched leagues in this country. Uh, and obviously the rest of the sports are the best in the world at what they are. So uh if you can get the US men's national team competing with some of the better teams yeah. in the globe on a world cup stage man what a message and what a what a cha- game changer that will be for this sport in this country but uh it all starts with the players on the field and it looks like from back to front they have guys that can do it all across the field and especially in the midfield it seems like that midfield of McKenney, uh Adams and Musa just they controlled Mexico throughout the entire 90 minutes. And if you get, if you can have those guys in the midfield, keep them healthy, keep them on the field, keep them playing like they did on Friday night. If you can have that going forward through the rest of qualifying, you won't have uh, McKinney against Jamaica tomorrow because of the yellow card suspension. But if you can have those three guys pairing or pairing up with each other all the time going forward, man, that's a really dominant midfield to go forward. And you, and you think about that, you just, you act, you basically have guys all across the field, not just starting 11. You have guys probably 20 deep, uh, a 20 man squad that could compete to start anywhere on the field. So it's not just going to be the, the normal starting 11 every time. Uh, Greg Berlter definitely has players to choose from and man, that midfield, I hope, he doesn't choose a whole lot from there because, or switch a whole lot from there because that midfield was ex- excellent on Friday night. Yeah, you, you, you'd hate to think playing that well that there would be changes, hopefully very minor changes. But you know, the big difference is instead of going into uh, the second half of qualifying with their backs up against the wall and having to win and playing desperate they can now go into it and be a little more relaxed and, mm-hmm. and, and have some confidence, you know, and we know what, you know, having momentum and confidence can do. And as long as they have that, they're in great shape. And, and, and so, you know, here at this, is this exactly the halfway point? Is it? I think it is. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Uh, seven games played for everybody. So halfway point. Yep. Yeah. So we're exactly at the halfway point and you know, what a great position to be in rather than chasing, you know, they're, they're they're instead of chasing that spot, chasing the qualifying, they're in they're in charge, and that that's a big difference for in, for young players and veteran players. So uh, hopefully it continues against Jamaica. 
Uh, yeah, going into the match tomorrow that kicks off the second half of World Cup qualifying for the for CONCACAF. Uh, the U.S. currently sit atop the region on 14 points. They sit above Mexico, who also has 14 points on goal differential, 7-5 to five there. Uh, the U.S. scoring 11, only allowing 4 through the first 7 games. Uh, Mexico scoring 10, allowing 5 through the first 7 games for them. Just behind them, Canada on 13 points. So that's the top 3. Those are the top or those are the three teams that will qualify automatically, the top three. Fourth will go into a playoff against uh, another team from another region. That currently is Panama after they got a... they got. An, I don't know if you saw this, Dan. Panama was down 2-0 at Honduras in the final... It was in like the 76th minute. Well, okay. just eight minutes later, Panama's leading 3-2 at Honduras to sneak out a win. Wow. Just a, tr- a barrage of goals in eight minutes to just absolutely crush Honduran hearts down in Honduras. And it's just, it was an amazing turnaround to see as we were watching the U S beat Mexico. You hear John champion come on the broadcast, uh, score update down in Honduras, Panama now lead three, two after being down two nil eight minutes ago. It was, it was awesome to see that. Uh, so there's a little bit of a separation after Panama in fourth to Costa Rica and fifth, who sit on six points. So there's definitely a gap forming between the top four and the bottom four. So, yeah, six, 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 and then three points finish out the last four places in uh, Concacaf region. So yeah, minute, uh, not Minnesota. U.S. will go down to Jamaica tomorrow, who's sitting sixth place on six points uh, through their first seven games, uh, with a squad that will look a little bit different. You won't have uh, McKenney because he's out for a yellow card accumulation. You won't have Miles Robinson because he got a red card against Mexico on Friday. So there'll be a little bit different lineup, but I hope not too much because. What we saw on Friday is going to be, it should be around near where you're expecting the number one squad to be going through the rest of qualifying. So a game against Jamaica tomorrow at 4 p.m. Dan, you ready for a, a matinee show after CONCACAF? Pre, pre-supper soccer at That's 4 o'clock. That's the blue hair special, like it. isn't it? I like it, yeah. That'll be fun. <laughs> I like it that time of the day. Because then, yeah. you know what? Whether they win, then you can go on the rest of your day and have a mm-hmm. great evening. Yeah. If they lose, you can do something else and try and forget about it. So I, I like I like the afternoon stuff. <laughs> it's a little weird for a midday game to have it at 4 p.m., but I'll take it. Uh, you, you'll be able to watch the rest of CONCACAF qualifying afterwards, I assume, because I don't imagine all games are at 4 p.m. tomorrow. I wouldn't think uh, so, no. Mexico get the rare double road game because it's only a two-match window this time around. They get the rare double road match uh, window. So they go mm-hmm. from Cincinnati, Ohio on Friday night, which was cold and rainy. Now they go up to, I believe, Edmonton, Canada, where it's blizzarding. What, what was the plan there? CONCACAF uh, scheduling. I love what, it what, because uh, it gives it gives Mexico a definite home advantage, or it gives Canada a definite home advantage against Mexico. Uh, and those two teams, as we, as I already mentioned, sit just a point apart. Canada trying to become trying to qualify for the World Cup for the first time in I believe thirty years or something like that. So they'll have a definite home advantage tomorrow against Mexico up in Edmonton, Canada, I believe. I don't. Yeah, the excellent planning by Canada though to to I guess the venue yeah. and put it in Edmonton where you know it's just going to be winds whipping. There's snow already this time of the year. Uh, excellent Ooh. planning by the U.S by U.S. soccer to put this game once again, or put uh, U.S.-Mexico once again in Ohio, where it's among, I believe, it's one of the smallest Mexican populations in the country. So you have that advantage Crazy. for you. you can Isn't that kind of 
they there's an article on the athletic about how they picked and like they picked and choose uh chose the timing of when the sales or the ticket sales went out so they knew they would get a major home advantage in the crowd because usually when Mexico plays in in the US they get a huge Mexican population or or uh obviously so it's hard for the right. US when they play Mexico in the US to have a home advantage because it's such a pro Mexico crowd well coming through on the broadcast on Friday night it was obviously a pro US crowd because the <laughs> chants were crazy from the beginning you barely heard any Mexico chants which you always hear during matches between those two here in the US so well done by U.S. Soccer to finally create a home advantage against Mexico in the states. So, yeah, good good job, U.S. Yeah, Soccer. If, yeah, if that's what it takes, that's what you have to do. And 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 you know, I mean, hey, it's your it's your home match. You need to play where you feel you're going to have the best advantage. And so Canada does that. U.S. does that. And uh, yeah, it's it's shaping up to be a very exciting. Uh, qualifying, you know, second half of qualifying should be very exciting. And hopefully, U.S. can you know, avoid any drama at the end of this. Hopefully they can get this thing sewn up early and not have to panic and fight for their lives. <laughs> yeah, there's seven games left in qualifying. Lock it up now. Get it get it locked up as yep. soon as possible so we can all forget about the last World Cup qualifying cycle. <laughs> exactly. And finally put it behind us because we're the squad right, right now has been doing a very good job of making us all forget. Now let's lock it up early and Get it sewn up. So let's move on, Dan, to the next big game for Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Playoffs for the third straight year, but this time they will be on the road for probably the entirety of it, unless a lot of things break your way. Mm-hmm. Um, there's enough there that could break your way. You know, um, I think it, it's the Western Conference, Jonathan. It, it's, the, I, it's 2021. Things have been crazy all year long. Yes, they have. Yeah. Yes, they have. So I, I wouldn't rule out anything happening um this is so unpredictable in the west this year i really can't believe how tight it is and how easy you can look at a match and you can say well they'll they'll win no they'll win wait a minute they should it's because because what we've seen in the last month in the in the western conference is everybody's able to knock off everybody else pretty much nobody just dominated through the final month of the season no, I mean the only team that really dominated from the get go was was New England, but you don't have to play yeah. that unless you get to the final. So no, and I, I don't know if they'll even get there. So well, I mean, they you kind of predicted it last week and yeah. write that down. They probably so. will. Um, but yeah, Minnesota they will take on Portland this Sunday, four thirty p.m. Sunday, kickoff, Sunday, Sunday. five or five, four p.m. Uh, pre match show, Score North with. Dan Terrar and myself, Callum Williams and Kinder D. St. Alvin will be on the call for that one on Score North on AM 1500, live.scorenorth.com, and the free Score North mobile app. Dan, I am super excited for this one. The Loons have kind of had Portland's number over the past, uh, what, three years at this point. Minnesota unbeaten in the last three trips to Portland, two wins and a draw. Unbeaten in the last six against Portland, five (laughs) wins and a draw. But for Portland... They've had 10 wins in their last 14 matches as they cruised from, it seemed like, towing that line between out of the playoffs and in the playoffs to now to locking up a home playoff game in the final week of the season. Is this, I think this is the best matchup for Minnesota. I really do. Even Ooh, though I know Portland's, one. you can look at it one way. Port, you can say, okay, Portland's, they've been playing great. They're playing their best soccer of the year right now. But if you're going to go on the road, don't you want to go to a place where you've had success? Because 
Minnesota cannot look and say, we've had a lot of success on the road in too many places. So don't you want to go to one of those places? Because it's really not about it's with this Minnesota team, Jonathan, it's not about what Portland does as much as it is about which Minnesota squad shows up, how they play, how confident they are. And I don't know that, you know, you want to go anywhere, but someplace where you've had success and some, a team against that they've had great success against not only this year, but the last couple of years. So, you know, if they go in and get blown out and I'll be dead wrong, but it just seems like if you got to pick a first round opponent, why wouldn't you pick Portland? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I agree with you. Although I would say because of their recent form, I wouldn't choose Portland because of how hot they have been going down the stretch of the season. They have been really stinking good down the stretch. Like I said, 10 wins out of the last 14 matches to end the season uh, as they've gotten a lot of players back healthy finally. Uh, They had a bunch of guys on the injury list uh, the two times we faced them this season and through basically the first two quarters of the season, they had had the most injuries out of anybody in the league and now those guys Mm -hmm. have come back. Um, from injury, so they've got a lot of their guys who would be their normal starters back, and you saw how good they were with those guys. So that's the only reason I choose I'd not choose Portland um, because of their recent run. I would I probably would have chosen Kansas City because they went into the playoffs losing their last three matches and losing their last one in completely heartbreaking fashion. Well, but then but, you're talking about going someplace where we don't have a good track record. Uh, you, other than the playoffs last year, you have no track record at all down there. Been no, pretty much swept out of the building every time in the regular right. season. Right, so I don't, I, I don't think I'd rather go there. I heard also, by the way, Portland, their chainsaw guy has carpal tunnel in his uh, right oh, hand. No. So yeah, it's backup, it's backup timber, Joey. It could be backup timber. So I, yeah. that's a big plus for us. But you know what? The atmosphere in that place is going to be amazing. Yep. They always are amazing. It's kind of like the fans at Allianz, only. It's a bigger. It's about the same size venue, isn't it? I, I think it's know. about the same. I, um, I can't remember what the attendance was last time we were there, it was but about nineteen. So yeah, yeah. The atmosphere is going to be incredible, loud, just like it is at Allianz. The players will be fired up. I just, I just, you know, if I have to choose between, um, what the? I guess I'm more worried about Minnesota than I am about the opponent. So that's why I guess my emphasis is on a place where our team will go in feel confident, have some level of comfort that they have played there well and can do well. We we can't control really what Portland has done up till now. So, you know, let's let's worry about us because a- after all, uh, Minnesota United this season has been their own worst enemy. When things sure. have gone wrong, it's been all on them. Yeah. And when and- they're confident and playing, you know, the way they want to play, they can – you know, they've proved they can be in a game and, and, and have a chance to win a game anywhere. So I'm going to stand by that this is the this is the best place for them to go. All right. Uh, you didn't want to do it last week. You said what? maybe next week. Let's pick the playoff bracket. Let's do this. Pick the brackets. Let's pick the Everybody, bracket. Let's start off, let's start pick off your brackets. With, with Portland, Minnesota. Let's start off with the game that we'll be on the broadcast for. Portland I'm going to say a draw. hosting Minnesota. We can't have a draw. a draw. Can't have a draw. <laughs> You gotta win or lose. Uh, well, Who are we picking Dan. I'm putting oh, you on the spot man. first. This is such a tough one. <laughs> you know, for all the reasons, I mean, for all the reasons that I've given, that the team 
should feel good about going in there. Forget right now they are the team isn't sitting there worried about look what Portland did their last yeah. you know they don't care. They care about themselves and I think they're going to go in feeling they have a ch- I know they're going to go in feeling they have a chance to win and they do have a chance to win um because I think you need to get a match that's scoreless at halftime and it's going to be amazing second half and I just I can't it could go either way. So I got to go with the uh, the team, the the home, the not the home team, my home team. I've got to go yeah. with with Minnesota. I just think it's going to be a. I think this thing could. I think I said last week. I thought this thing could go scoreless into uh, extra time and and mm-hmm. kicks. I, I just think someone's going to win this one one nil. I think it's going right. to be Minnesota. I think and I and I. I don't necessarily think it's going to be Minnesota. I want it to be Minnesota. I can't pick Portland. Minnesota will win. Wow. I'm with you. I can't pick Portland. <laughs> I can't pick Portland based off my heart, but my mind says that with how they performed, that they could – That the, obviously yeah. it's the playoffs, so everybody has a chance. Um, yeah. And with how Portland have been playing, they're really good. I don't think it's going to be 1-0 like you do. I think there's going to be lots of scoring in this one. Uh, I think it might be just as crazy as the LA, as the game against the LA Galaxy to end the season. I hope so because that was that was so much fun. I've gone back and watched that game like three times. It's it's just it, so much fun each time. It was fun, but we don't win high scoring games. I mean, not really, no. But who says we can't start <laughs> it in the playoffs? It's a whole new season at this point. Oh, I see. Okay, it's a whole new season okay, now. Where it's a clean slate. Yeah, it's a clean slate. So who's going to win the high scoring game? I'm saying Minnesota. Okay. Because like you, I can't choose Portland because obviously right. we'll be What's on the, the broadcast. Point? So What's the point? I want to choose Minnesota because just the fun and chaos factor. So Minnesota will go on to face Port or Colorado on Thanksgiving just four days mm-hmm. later. So, you mm-hmm. know, MLS scheduling at its peak, playing on, on Thanksgiving against the NFL, you know, like the NBA and NHL move, move the hell out of the way for that one. <laughs> no, nope, MLS, let's do this. Let's put a game on Thanksgiving because that thinking? makes so much sense. What Besides are you thinking? The, uh, the other games in the first round, Sporting Kansas City hosting Vancouver. That one should be fun because of Sporting Kansas City. They have been struggling down the stretch. Vancouver have just been a wild ride since Vanny Sartini took over as their interim manager. So there's plenty of storylines in that one. Dan, who are you choosing in Sporting Kansas City hosting the Vancouver Whitecaps? I have to go with Sporting Kansas City on that one. I just don't think Vancouver is ready to... Uh, contend for the Western Conference uh, final. I just think Sporting is going to win that one. Ooh, I'm going to go the opposite. Just, Are you? Okay. Just for chaos, because I love chaos. Uh, <laughs> Sporting Kansas City, as I mentioned, struggled down the stretch. And a little bit, yep. They had that heartbreak to end the season. It always takes a little bit of time to get over that. Uh, Vancouver have just been crazy wild, confident since uh, Vanny Sartini took over from Mark Dos Santos, and I love the comments from Sartini after they get a 1-1 draw to close out the season against Seattle and know that they're going against Sporting Kansas City. Says they're going to win in Kansas City. Says that uh, it's good that they don't play for two weeks because they'll be so drunk they wouldn't be able to play the next day. I love this guy's confidence, how he just coaches and manages that team and manages that group of players. I love what Ryan Gold does with that team as their playmaker number 10 for them. I'm going to go with the shock upset in the first round. Vancouver right. gets the win at Sporting Kansas City to move on to face the winner of Seattle Sounders versus Real Salt Lake, a two versus seven seed there. Uh, the storyline that we're all caring about this one, the assistant coach for Seattle is Freddie Juarez. 
mm-hmm. uh, about halfway through the season or for the beginning of the season through about halfway through the season, he was the head coach of Real Salt Lake, then yeah. ditched him because he realized that with new ownership, whenever that happens to be coming in place, he probably wouldn't keep his job. So he left them for an assistant coach role. Uh, and now uh, Pablo Mastroeni, who is the interim manager at Real Salt Lake, gets to take on the former head coach of Real Salt Lake in Seattle, uh, who uh, in the assistant manager of Seattle Sounders. It's a it's a great storyline. I love it. It's an ama- It is. It's a great story because who leaves and takes a lesser position because you might lose your job? It's just weird. Yeah. So I still don't buy that. That's all there was. I think there was more to it. We may never know. Well, yeah, because you got to think if if you're getting that position now, why wouldn't that position be open at the end of the season? Exactly. There's there's so the much job? more to this. Yeah, there's so much more to this that we don't know. And we may never know. But that being said, I love the storyline, but um, it won't be enough. Seattle will still win. Yeah, yeah, I have yeah. Seattle winning this one easily. Yeah. So it'll be in the second round in the conference semifinals of the Western mm-hmm. Conference. Do you want to do the Eastern Conference? Or do you no, I don't care. West? Nobody cares. Just, just <laughs> nobody New cares. Through. No, nobody cares about the East. <laughs> okay, we'll just do the best conference, uh, yeah. the Western Conference. So in the conference semifinals, it'll be number one Colorado, which I know you still don't believe in Colorado <sighs> as the number one seed, even though they did it all season long. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one Colorado against number five Minnesota on Thanksgiving mm-hmm. Day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if we, we can, uh, if we can win in Portland, we can win in Colorado. Even though we haven't done it yet this season. We haven't beat Colorado Colorado, all this season. Colorado does not. Despite having a man advantage for 70 minutes in one of those games. (laughs) That was a a handicap to us. (laughs) No, I just. This time we'll have all all 11 guys on the field. If we can win, yes, we're going to play. If we can win in Portland, we can win in in Denver. I pick Minnesota. All right. I still don't believe in Colorado. Despite plenty of uh, visual evidence otherwise, despite they, how they handled you know, just dominated LAFC. They're on marijuana out there, you know. <laughs> so is, Col- so is uh, LAFC in California, and that still didn't stop Colorado. They didn't have enough. <laughs> okay. So I you're going to go You're gonna go with Colorado? I don't know. I think Colorado. Don't let me pressure you. You can go. You can. You can. pick Colorado if you want. Don't I love what Robin you. Fraser's done in Colorado. I think that just not not having i mean Minnesota doesn't really have a true goal scorer either but at least they have guys in positions that could be that Colorado doesn't really have an actual number 9 on their roster their mm-hmm. leading goal scorer was Michael Barrios with eight goals yep. i mean Minnesota, anybody from Minnesota shouldn't really be putting down Colorado for their goal scoring uh capabilities because Minnesota's hasn't really been that great this season. Uh, Colorado's goals come from literally everywhere. So that's really hard to defend against, but I'm just thinking Minnesota, they beat them in the playoffs last year. They know they can do it. They just haven't done it this season. Colorado's looked pretty good against them for majority of the matches this season. Um, But I think it's, it's probably really, everybody always says it's difficult to beat a team three times in a season. Well, Colorado's already done that. How hard is it to beat them? Beat the same team four times in the season? I don't know. You just need to make a decision. You're starting trying, to give me a know. headache. I want to say Minnesota because so, home favorite. Me, how does this help you? My Did the but... the eighteen or whatever eighteen or nineteen days off? I don't think that's a benefit for Colorado. Yeah, that's a good. point. I do not. I think Minnesota time... would come in if they win in. Portland, which they'd have to to play in this game, yep. they're going to have momentum. They're going to be fired up, and uh, Colorado's going to be 
Yeah, they've been sitting around. They probably didn't even practice. And Colorado's had a playoff spot <laughs> locked up for a good part of like oh, two yeah. months now. They're the bored. only thing they were really fighting for was <laughs> positioning. They didn't really have the playoff atmosphere that Minnesota's had to have, or the playoff mentality that Minnesota's yeah. had to have since the fourth game of the season. No, so we've talked about this has been a playoff feel for Minnesota for quite a while now, and I don't Minnesota know that Colorado's has that, played that way. So anyway, battle-tested. Battle-tested is the term I like to use. Minnesota's been through the battles already. Despite everything in my brain saying Colorado <laughs> should win this one, I'm going with the heart, saying Minnesota makes a See? second straight trip to the conference finals. There you go. All right, there so you that go. Leaves, for you anyways, in your bracket, Sporting mm-hmm. Kansas City at Seattle in the conference semifinals, a three versus a, or two versus three. Dan, who are you picking in that one? Seattle. I thought <laughs> Seattle was the best team in the conference for a good part of the season, and they are always at their best this time of year. We saw it last year. They're oh, Jordan Morris back, so they're they are the they are the best. Um, they're the, the best playoff bear. team in the West. They're the, the best playoff bear. team in the West. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, Seattle will win that one. Yeah. I have in my bracket Vancouver facing Seattle. Uh, yeah, I'm going with you. Seattle's going to win that one. Uh, as as I mentioned, Standard Bear, they show everybody how it's done every single year yeah. in the Western, not just in the Western Conference, but in the MLS. 13 straight years in the playoffs for them. 13 straight years as a home seed in the playoffs. They've never been, they've never qualified for the playoffs below a four seed in the Western Conference. So, yeah, Seattle just continues to do it every single year in the playoffs. I'm going to go. They get make the conference finals against Minnesota for the second straight year. Man, that'd, mm-hmm. be, that'd be really fun. Out at Seattle that for the second a lot straight year. Can Minnesota avenge the three goals given up in the last 18 minutes last year in this year's conference semifinal or this conference finals? Yeah, it blocked that out of my mind. They would have to be. They would be going up against the New England side in the finals because we're both agreeing that New England's going to make it out of the East. Yeah, you know what? I guess <laughs> as I could stretch my hope and imagination <laughs> to this point, I can't. I can't do it. I guess I would. If, if it gets to this point, then I think Minnesota, for the second year in a row, loses to Seattle in the Western Conference Final. And if that happens, this will have been an amazingly successful season. Um, Seattle goes on to the MLS Cup. We go to the conference finals two years in a row, and the second year doing it after starting 0-4. I'll take that. Yeah, absolutely. I'll take that all day. Let's let's go. Write that down. Oh, wait, wrong segment. (laughs) There's agreement here. Uh, I think if Minnesota faces Seattle in the conference finals, just based off how Seattle will have gotten to the conference finals uh, and with how they play, uh, at this time of the year with the guys they've gotten back from injury. Seattle's going to be one of the hardest teams to play in the playoffs. They will be going on to face New England in the MLS Cup. Dan, who would you pick in that one? New England hosting Seattle in in the 2021 MLS Cup final on December 11th. December 11th. What a crazy. <laughs> you know what the weather can be like in New England in December? Oh, yeah. Oh, Are they yeah. nuts? And Seattle, for that matter, too. I don't, I, you know, it's hard not to pick New England just because they were so dominant. But again, I don't know that I could pick them because Seattle will have been through such a war just to get there. Yeah. And they were all season. And I feel like New England, you know, it was kind of a, they coasted to, you know, 
winning the East, but I still don't think I could pick against them. I still think they'd find a way to win. So I guess I'll go with – I'd go with New England in that case. I don't know if I'd feel that way regardless of who they were playing, but I think against Seattle they'd do pretty well. So, But you know what? They could be playing in a snowstorm. Who knows? That'd be so much fun. I think I'm going to choose <laughs> Seattle here. Just based off, of, you? as you mentioned, the war that they would have had to gone through or go through to get to the MLS Cup final – uh, uh, New England, yeah, the East has its has its good teams, but none of them are as good as the top teams in the West. The West is really the better conference. New England, they kind of walked away with the East a long time ago. They were really fighting for the best record of all time in uh, a single MLS season. They got that. Congratulations to them. They'll get to the MLS Cup final. Bruce Arena knows what he's doing there because he's done it a million times. But so yeah. does Brian Schmetzer. He's been there it will if he gets there this year it'll be what five times in the last six years that he's been there it's almost just it's expected in Seattle at this point to get to MLS Cup final every single year and they'll get there again and I think they'll win it out on the road they'll avenge their loss on the road to the Eastern Conference last year in Columbus they'll get it this year and that is our playoff brackets for this year maybe they'll be different when we talk next Monday right here on Scoop could be on Loon Talk uh, could and be. we'll take a quick look across the league. We'll discuss the awards finalists that are now that had now come out this year. Uh, Let's start with the Minnesota's ones first. Okay, what's next? Let that silence hang over for a little bit. All right, let's get to Crickets. the Landon Donovan MLS Most Valuable Player finalists. Mm-hmm. Five of them: Valentin Castellanos, Carlos Heel, Henny Mukhtar, Joao Paulo, and Daniel Shalloway. If you don't know. Castellanos plays for NYCFC. Heel plays for Revolution or the New England Revolution. Henny Mukhtar for Nashville. Joao Paulo for Seattle, and Daniel Shalloway for Sporting Kansas City. Who do you think you? Who do you think is going to win it there? I don't know who's going to win it because we. I have seen the first was the first three guys so little. Yeah, and you know I've I've just watched them a little bit on TV. See clips, so I don't know who I would pick in that one. I mean the ones that we know about you know, is, and, and Daniel Shalloway is a, a great player, but is he an MVP? I don't feel like he is. Joel Paulo, I guess maybe I'd have to go with him. Yeah. I don't know. That's it. But for me, it's between Paulo and Carlos Heel. Heel was injured for a good chunk of the season though, but mm-hmm. he had had such a wonderful season before that, helping New England get on to where they eventually got to, um, for me, I think I choose Heal just because he was part of a team and he helped lead a team to the best record in league history. Although okay. it's very close yeah, with it's... how Joao Paulo really controlled the midfield for uh, Seattle for basically the entire season, helping them into a second place finish in the Western Conference. Basically, they were first place until the final game of the season. Uh, but yeah, it's really close between for me between Heal and Paulo. Uh, for the ML or for the MVP this year. Well, uh, if it's close, then go with the guy from the West because that means he's probably better. So, <laughs> and he played the entire season as opposed to Carlos Heel. Yeah, Carlos Heel, uh, the All-State Goalkeeper of the Year finalists. Uh, Tyler Miller not in this one. I think that's because the last couple games of the season wasn't up to the standard he had set for the majority of the season. That's, I mean, for me, that's why he's not on this list. The other guys. Uh, one of them, I think he's more of a storyline favorite in Matt Turner because he really burst onto the scene with the U.S. men's national team this season. You look at his underlying numbers uh, during the season, 
I mean, they're they're good, but they're nothing too crazy impressive. He's still the best shot stopper in the league, but not a whole lot of clean sheets there. Uh, he didn't. There's a good chunk of games he missed because he was away with the U.S. Men's National Team. The other keepers up for the award this year: Andre Blake of the Philadelphia Union and Joe Willis for Nashville SC. Willis and Blake have really good reasons why they're up there. Twelve clean sheets for Andre Blake this season. Thirteen clean sheets for Joe Willis. Both the part of the best defenses in the Eastern Conference and the best defense in the league. So they each have uh, good enough rights to be up there. Uh, Andre Blake, a .92 goals against per 90, while Joe Willis has a .97 goals against per 90, which is tops in the league. So each each has their right. I don't think Matt Turner has the right, but I think he'll win it because of the storylines and the media narrative. But, but that's not what this award is about. It has nothing no. to do with the U.S. US men's national team. So for no, that reason, I would not You know storylines always him. win. I know they do, and that's what makes me so fr- – and why are there only three nominees for goaltender? I don't know. Why are there five for MVP and only three for goaltender? Couldn't tell you. Okay. Wish I knew. I, 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 I guess I wouldn't vote for Turner just because of that, because he shouldn't get it because what he's doing when he's away from the MLS. Hey, right. let's reward a guy for taking time off from his MLS team. So if it's Blake or Willis, even though I'm not a personally Blake, a big Blake fan, um, I think he'd probably be the guy I would vote for. Yeah, I think I'm choosing – I don't know. I I like what Blake has done for Philadelphia Union, but – just how dominant Nashville were on defense. Uh, obviously, having Walker Zimmerman in front of him really helps. Having one of the best defenders mm-hmm. in the league, and we'll get to the Defender of the Year finalist here in a moment, having that helps. But also just being a really good goalkeeper uh, for Nashville has really helped Nashville become one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference, surprisingly, over the last two seasons, over their first two seasons yeah. in MLS. So They might have made I'd the playoffs Joe, in the West, maybe. I think I'd choose Joe Willis just because of – he doesn't have the rest of the team around him like Andre Blake has in the Philadelphia Union. Uh, it's it's a very it's a very different setup in Nashville than it is in Philadelphia. Philadelphia obviously been around much longer, able mm-hmm. to have a bunch better setup than Nashville has at this point. But yeah, their defense in Nashville is incredible, and a large chunk of that is due to Joe Willis. So I I probably choose him in the goalkeeper of the year. Finalists. Uh, we'll close out with defender of the year finalists: Yaimar Gomez Andrade in Seattle. Miles Robinson in Atlanta and Walker Zimmerman in Nashville. For me, this is an easy walk away. Walker Zimmerman, as I mentioned, Joe Willis previously in Nashville as the goalkeeper of the year. Walker Zimmerman helping that Nashville defense uh, onto one of the best defensive records in the league. Walker Zimmerman, easy runaway for defender of the year. Uh, Further proving that LAFC has no idea what they're doing when they're trading inside the league. Yeah, and I just, I wish I had uh, watched him play more. Uh, but what I did see looked pretty good, so I don't have any reason to think that he wouldn't get it. Uh, do you think he really wins that easily? Yeah, I mean, okay. Miles Robinson again. Like I think again, like Matt Turner. There's a lot of storylines there. He's. It seems like him and Walker Zimmerman have locked up the center back pairing for the U.S. Men's National Team. Mm-hmm. Well, Miles Robinson is on a Atlanta side that struggled for the first half of the season until they got their new coach in. But he's he's deserving of being up there in this because he's a really good defender, but I don't think he's defender of the year quality yet. I think give him another year or two and then he'll be up there. Yamar Gomez in Seattle. Yes, he was part of a really good defense, but nothing like Walker Zimmerman. I don't think I would go. All right, with let's Walker go Zimmerman. with, we'll go with that. The Zimmerman. All right. 
So that has been a quick look across the league. Dan, you ready for write that down as we get to the closing stages of this week's Loon Talk? Yep, I'm not ready, but I'm, I'm, I can be ready. All right, write that down if you haven't followed us all season long. Is our soccer-related prediction segment. We each make three soccer-related predictions, at least one Minnesota United-related prediction throughout the segment. We'll keep track of the correct predictions throughout the year. We'll call them goals, and then most goals at the end of the year. Wins the Golden Boot. Boot. I don't even think I finished this. Yes, I did, actually. Golden Boot. Not a whole lot coming off the board this week, Dan. Golden Boot. Golden Boot. I can't believe you picked a 2-0 win. That's just amazing. It's the most common scoreline in the in the, the rivalry. So well, that doesn't mean it's going to happen when you pick it. It always happens, Dan. Uh, let's get to our accountability session. What came off the board this week? Not a whole lot coming off the board. Three things when, coming off the board. When did you pick the Emmanuel Reynoso in the top five for MVP? Was that early? I don't remember that. That was midway through the season. Okay. When I thought they'd All go right. on a run. When I sure. thought they could go on a run and get to the top of the Western Cup. My. I remember my reasoning. I said they'll get to the top two in the Western Conference, and it'll be because Emmanuel Reynoso, and he'll get in there because they got up that far. That was my reasoning. Got it. Um, got it. So I said Emmanuel Reynoso will finish in the top five for MVP voting. Obviously, we already went through the top five. He's not in there, so that didn't hear his name board. once. No. Nope. And then I also did say U.S. Men's National Team will beat Mexico. Dos Acero, and that's exactly what they did. Jesus Ferreira had a chance to make a trace Acero, but he's like, nah, I like the scoreline better. So he purposely (laughs) did not take that shot that he probably could have taken. And I Um, almost, you almost sucked me into predicting that (laughs) the score would be anything but 2-0. And luckily I fought off the urge because that would have been just ugly. That would have been horrible. So, so glad I fought that urge off. Dan, you said U.S. will beat Mexico and the total goals will be three or less. You got that right. So we both got our U.S. prediction correct. So that means our standings going into maybe the final show of the season next week. We don't know. Depends on how how the Loons do on Sunday. We'll see. Uh, Stands as this. I have 24 goals. Dan, you have 23 goals. The guests have four and the listeners still pulling in all four on the season. So that means you went first last week. I will go first Do it. this week. Dan, write this down. <sighs> Emmanuel Reynos, I said last week, Audrey Nunu will be the leading goal scorer for the Loons in the playoffs. I don't know how many games they'll play, but Audrey Nunu will be the leading goal scorer for the team in the playoffs. Write this down. Emmanuel Reynoso will be the leading assist, uh, assist, assister in the for the loons in the playoffs. Assist have the most assists. I don't think that's right. And this isn't MLS assists. This is real assists. And we've gone so, over this the entire season. This is real so assists. So you're not going to take assist. an assist unless it's the first the first yes. assist. Wow. Unless okay. it's the last Wait. pass before the goal, it to, does not count. Way to hurt yourself. I don't Jeez. care. Wow. I am dying on this hill that MLS's assist wow. is such a bogus thing to juice the stats. It's annoying. I'm only taking primary and okay. true assists. Okay. Write that down. Gotcha. All right. Good job. <laughs> All right. Minnesota versus Portland on Sunday. Minnesota will score the last goal of that match. Oh, I like it. That goes along with Write your pick that last down. week. Doesn't it? Write that down. What? That goes kind of along with your pick last week where you said the game-winning goal will be scored in stoppage I can't time. Remember. I can't remember what I picked last week. See, I have it all written down, hence the name of the segment. Easy come, easy go. (laughs) I'm just winging it, man. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. 
Write this down, Dan. Tyler Miller will have a clean sheet in the playoffs. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> oh man. I mean, it's so tough to pick playoffs because you don't know if it's going to be one game or two or three. Yep. Oh, boy. All right. Write that down. Tyler uh, number Miller, two. Clean sheet in the playoffs. Number two, USA versus Jamaica Tuesday, man. USA will win. USA will win by two goals or more. Ooh, I like it. My actual prediction on that game is they win 2-0. But I didn't want to word it that way just in case it was 3-1. to one. Write this down, Dan. I'm going to piggyback yeah. off that. Ricardo Pepe, he didn't score against Mexico. I thought he would. He had a pretty decent game. Uh-oh. Write this down. Ricardo Pepe scores or bags a brace. At least a brace. Wow. I'm going I'm to cushion this a little bit. At least a brace. At least a brace. So there could be a hat trick. I'm not willing to go oh to a hat trick level God. yet. At least a brace for Ricardo oh, Pepe no. tomorrow why do you, evening. Why do you Jamaica. torture me like this? Because I know how why do you to do, do this to me. Picks. Write that down. <sighs> Come on, do it. No, I'm not going to Cave do it. to the pressure. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. Forget it. Um, pressure. All right. Pressure, I've got a few pressure, options here. Pressure. Pressure. I'm, you know what? That pressure. stupid kid will probably do it. He'll probably score two goals. Pressure. Do it. <laughs> What's your final write that down? My final write that down. I've got two left because one of them I did on the fly. So I'm going to say you said Reynoso will lead the team in assists in the playoffs. Yep. Right? Okay. So Sunday versus Portland at Portland against the Timbers, there will be. One point for Reynoso, and that can be a goal or an MLS assist or a Jonathan, I'm a snob assist. Any one of those three. There will be one yellow card for Minnesota in that match, and there will be one VAR. Does he? Does the ref go into the monitor? Yes, because that yeah. was my intent when I wrote that down, was a actual go, actual go to the monitor VAR. So. Thank right. you for clarifying that, or it could have gotten ugly next Monday. Yeah. <laughs> Write that down. There we go. We have to make these things as clear as possible because the wording yeah, is important. Controversy. Write that yeah. down. We don't need controversy. <clears throat> All right. Well, that's been, excuse me, write that down for this week. That's been Loon Talk. Dan, I will see you Sunday um, for Minnesota United at Portland Timbers in the first round of the MLS Cup playoffs. 4 p.m. pre-match show, 4.30 p.m. kickoff between Minnesota United and the Portland Timbers. It'll be myself, Dan Terhart. Callum Williams and Kendra de San Alvin over on Score North on AM 1500. The Score North mobile app and live.scorenorth.com. Dan, I cannot wait. I can't wait either. Turn the sound down on the TV and listen to a good call. Absolutely. Let's have some fun. Go Loons. Can't wait till Sunday. Hopefully we can uh, Monday talk about a uh, big upset and a big game coming up on Thanksgiving. All right. The Tahitian tree went down the rock and pipes. Wow. Are you going to be okay? You want me to call somebody? <laughs> The station tree went down the wrong side, so I got to go. You to call 911 or something. <laughs> well, the part of Minnesota you're in is way different than the part of Minnesota I'm in, so it'll take a while. So that'll yeah, be it get, for Loon Talk. You I get your ambulance service tree. out of Des Moines, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> See ya. All right. Have a good one, Loon Talk. We'll talk to you on Sunday.